Hi, I'm Kevontez Hudson for the Springfield Yellow Jackets, and you're listening to the 615 Preps podcast. And a pleasant hello to you wherever you may be. It's championship week in Middle Tennessee. This is the 615 Preps podcast for the Blue Cross Bowl state championship games. Chris Brooks alongside Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi, fellas. You don't have to do. It's been a long journey. We're here. It's here. <laughs> An exciting week for seven area teams, and honestly, all 18 that are going to be in Cookville at Tennessee Tech for three days. Nine championship games to get into. We'll talk about all. We'll pick all of them this week. We'll talk about seven of them, and then uh, we'll go through and pick our winners for who takes the gold balls home. Uh, so let's let's get started because we've got a little bit from the semifinals from Division One to get into. Springfield and Haywood wound up being one of the better games of the playoffs, and I had the pleasure of being up there for, for that contest. They went into overtime, and the Yellow Jackets won 17-14. This game had all three phases in it, offense, defense, and special teams. The offenses took center stage in the first half, and they wound up 14-14 at halftime. A lot of it was really due to Haywood kind of making some mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot. But you know, Springfield was opportunistic, too. I mean, they actually got a break on special teams. They had a punt that hit a Haywood player, and they wound up recovering it. And, and then that one got punched in by Cavante White, and Springfield took the lead. You know, Haywood came back, tied at seven apiece, and... Then we get toward halftime. Cavantes Hudson with the play of the night. He's facing all sorts of pressure from Haywood. Scrambles around the pocket, finds a running lane, breaks a couple of tackles, and goes 81 yards for a touchdown. And then Springfield goes up and run. Haywood tied it late in the first half. They went 14-14 in the half. And the second half was completely defense. Both defenses shut the other one down. Field position was at a premium. Special teams really played a part in it. And Springfield special teams... They pin Haywood twice inside their own 10-yard line and force them to drive the length of the field, and they can't do it. Well, no, Haywood had chances in this game. They missed three field goals. Yep. One of the first half, one at the end of regulation that would have won it, and then one in overtime on the first possession. In steps Louis Diaz-Hion for a 23-yarder Cold as ice, right down Broadway, and sends Springfield to the state championship game. Just a, a wonderful atmosphere and a great contest to boot. And Springfield's back in Cookville for the second time in three years. Yeah, my understanding is that uh, he on his, he's never played uh, football no. prior to this season. And he just, I mean, hey, welcome to the game. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I tell you, though, for Springfield, and it's funny for every time we've talked about from the beginning of the year how we somehow we got on a rant on the first episode about kickers. But then it comes mm-hmm. back to, you know, one of these final games of the year where special teams made a huge difference. Yep. And especially this time of the year because I think we ended last week's episode talking about how defense's time of the year is so dominant. Yeah. And if a defense's best friend is a really good special team oh, unit. Oh, of course. And, and that's what really kind of kept Springfield just – Really on top, even though they were no more than a score ahead all game long, 
they had that advantage because they flipped the field every time they had the ball and they couldn't score. Yeah, I, I just want to talk a little bit about – I know we talk about Hudson and we know we talk about White quite a bit. I do want to bring one fellow up, Gabe Kelly, uh, defensive back, 11 tackles, four pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. So, I mean, their defense showed up that night. Well, both, both of them did. But it's, it's really uh, important that Springfield shut down that offense. I'll break up another member of that secondary also, Jeremy Jones – play safety for the Yellow Jackets. A pretty hard hitter in his own right, but he's also the punter that dropped those two inside the 10-yard line. So, definitely. And Dustin Wilson mentions him in the interview as well. Just a key player for, for several different reasons. And got to talk to Kevontes Hudson a little bit after the game, and uh, he was rightfully excited about getting to go to Springfield as a starting quarterback. Got Kevontes Hudson here after that 17-14 overtime win. Has, it, has your heart stopped racing yet? No, not yet. <laughs> you guys get into overtime and play defense first, get the missed field goal, and then all you need is points to win it. What's the mindset when you've got 10 yards between you and Cookville? Just push the ball, get our, get our kick in a good field position. Uh, speaking of special teams, special teams played a big part for you guys tonight. You had a couple of punts deep inside the 10, yes, had a fumble on a punt, or a fumble recovery on a punt. Uh, how big were all three phases tonight to get you guys to cook for? Very big. They kept our momentum going all night. I want to talk about the big run in the first half. You've got tons of pressure in your face, and you find a hole. Take me through the 81-yard touchdown run that got you guys the points in the first, second quarter. Man, he was coming so fast, I knew I couldn't get it off, so I just took off running, and it was a big, big hole, so I wasn't stopping. This group's going to cook for the second time in three years. What's that mean to you to be part of this group this year? It mean a lot to me. I, I, love, I, love, I love my team. Overtime, two straight weeks. I mean, did you guys feel a little bit better going into overtime this time, or was it kind of the same feeling as last week? We felt better. We knew we could We knew we knew could fight and get through this, so we came out and executed. What's the championship going to mean to you if you come back here with one of those gold balls? Man, it's going to mean a lot. All right, well, congratulations, and good luck next week. We'll see you there. Thank you. I mean, that really says it. He's been a big part of this team all year. He was a backup quarterback last year. Now he's a starter. Now he's going to be starting in Cookville. Big players make big plays, and that's what he did. And what a response from the Yellow Jackets, and we brought this up all year about from week one to now. Uh, but even from last year, their final game against Haywood, I mean, they were blown out against Haywood, 49-14. Mm -hmm. uh, so really nice job all year long from the Yellow Jackets just to, to, to get to this point and – I think, as we said the last couple of weeks, they just find a way to win at home. They win home games, and it proves here, and that's what's moving them on to Cookville. And Dustin Wilson got himself a little bit of a of a victory bath. They actually tried to get him once before during the post game talk, and uh, he kind of dodged it. And uh, but they got him with a little mini bath the second time around. Well, and he's a guy I think, kind of just looking at pictures and videos, he'd rather have that next week. Instead of this week. Those were yeah. his exact words. I want one from y'all next week. <laughs> so, but we'll hear from him right now because he'll talk about this game as well. Got Dustin Wilson after the Jackets. 17-14 win of overtime over Haywood. Coach, congratulations. Back to Cookville second time in three years. How you feeling right now? Uh, just great. Glad to be a part of it. Glad to be uh, in Springfield. Glad to be around a bunch of good kids that believe in um, doing things the right way and um, just just a big cheerleader, man, when it comes to that. You root for your kids yep. and 
uh, I, I wouldn't. Re I would rather go to war with them than any other group of kids there is, or team, or people. Or uh, it's just another group of Springfield seniors that are about to graduate, and um, it's, they're just special, man. It's just special times. All three phases of the game tonight played a big part in winning this game. Offense in the first half, defense in the second half. Special teams finished it off for you. Now, how big is that knowing that you've got three? phases that can get the yes good out. stuff don't forget the punt team i mean you look how yeah. many long fields yeah. uh griffith snapping the kale and turning the field over mm -hmm. i mean i know there was twice if not three times with the balls i mean inside the three down there um so yeah it's all important i mean you know that when you're coming into the uh, to any playoff game especially when it gets down to four teams and um you know you, you got to be good at it uh, you got to be expecting everything um yeah, and, you know, it's just like there, like how, how you can't practice an experience like, yeah, hey, we're going to get this on third down. So if it's a bad snap, you just get on it and we'll kick it on the next down. But, uh, you know, just stuff, it experience it. Playing deep into the playoffs, it helps. I mean, uh, for these kids to be, be have experience. Um, but, yeah, all three phases were um, good tonight. Offensively, um, we did enough. Uh, but in these games, you just don't want to turn the ball over. So we had that turnover. Uh, you know, the game's probably 14 to 7 at halftime if we don't have that turnover. But, um, you know, we got the ball at the beginning of the second half. And uh, it's really just understanding the game, the field, the momentum, all that, and being a part of it. And, I mean, you ever seen a high school football game with two measurements like that as close as back to back? And the kids could have went down. and. Uh, yeah, just some just some fabulous stuff by the, the, the kids tonight. Kevontes Hudson, that run with pressure in his face, getting out and breaking 81 yards. How huge was that play for momentum? And just for him in general, just being able to make a play like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you call a play and coaches can take credit if, if somebody would like to give it to them. But you won't never hear it from this staff because that's like last week. We're in overtime and number five's got the ball and he breaks six tackles and gets down to the one. And, uh, you want the ball right now on, on our team in five or nine's hands, you know, Cavantes or Cavante, and uh, that's will, that's effort. Um, that's just love doing what you do. And, yeah, he got out there and even showed his wheels off saying, you can't catch me. Yeah. Yeah, just stuff. Uh, Haywood, for the third straight year, did the familiarity with them help a little bit tonight in game planning? or is it? Is uh, it I, don't, I don't think so because the coaching was so new. Uh, so Coach Hook left last year. Yeah. Um, the, both sides of the ball, they were a little different. Um, now, the kids, sure, because you know who they are. I mean, it comes down to it's all about the kids anyway. So, you know some of the kids, but, like, tendencies and breaking it down, I mean, it's all fresh with the new coaching staff. Well, it's Elizabethan next week uh, for, for the goal ball. Uh, thoughts on, on what you want your kids to, to focus on this week, getting ready for them? Uh, not yet. I don't know nothing about them. <laughs> I'm just fortunate enough to go in there and um, – celebrate with them or you know and and uh, be able to plan another week and get ready for a football team and leave town uh, on some charter buses and you know get off that interstate with those state trooper escorts and go dress in that little gym and walk out there with the whole community behind us i mean um it, it's just something special and i am just a a somebody that's grateful to be a part of it um but man it, it's just something neat to see the whole community and, you dodged county. You dodged the Gatorade bath right there when you were talking to your kids. Yeah, all the kids made a face. I really didn't know what was coming, so I let him dump me. Um, but I told him I wanted one next week. So I actually got one here in 17. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. 
uh, and obviously he was coming for me tonight, so I really thought I was just, I don't know what I thought. All the kids' faces got real big. <laughs> um, but it, all of it's special, man, when you can just celebrate and have fun with the kids, and that's that's what it's all about. And get one more with the kids, so we'll talk to you quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Yeah. He made a couple of good points right there. The drive at the end of regulation by Haywood, there was a fourth down. It appeared to be a fourth down stop by Springfield, and it wound up being a first down for Haywood after the measurement that was really close in a controversial spot. Then Haywood misses the kick and kind of bails him out. So that was a key moment of the game nobody really talks about. Now, Springfield could have backed it in right there, and they didn't. And Haywood gave him a, bit, a second chance of sorts. Yeah, I mean – you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, Springfield, they took advantage of the opportunity. Unfortunately, Haywood didn't. And and there you go. And that, that probably was as opportunistic of a team performance as I've seen this year because Haywood handed them several opportunities to stay in the game, take the lead, or do whatever. And they took them when they, when they did. And, then, and they're back in Cookful as a result. They've got Elizabethton this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But we want to kind of get to some of the other semifinals from last Friday. 2A, Trousdale County, one of three teams that went to the Eastern time zone and unfortunately saw their season end there. Trousdale County, a close loss, a 22-20 loss at Meigs County. Had a chance to tie it late, and Cameron Rankins comes up short on a two-point conversion. Still a great year for Blake Satterfield in his first year, Trousdale County. Yeah, you know, you know Meigs County gets revenge for last year's loss. One. And this this game was scoreless at halftime. I mean, this was this was the defensive battle that we thought was coming. Uh, it it really it really was. And you know, Trousdale jumps out to a seven a nothing lead on uh, Cameron Rankin's forty eight yard run. Then the next two drives. All of a sudden, Trousdale's defense goes away. Makes county scores. Um, you know, I would say that. You know, I would say that probably the more balanced offense here. You know, we've talked about this before, but yeah, really, th- this was what Trousdale was all year. I mean, I can't say that. Well, you know, Trousdale couldn't get anything going past game because they haven't had to, but they finally found a team that actually could match them. It seems. You know, blow for blow here. And you think, too, for Trousdale County, they started the playoffs at home against Marion County. Last three games have been on the road. So, you think yep. sooner or later you get into enough of these close games and typically that home team tends to prevail in those situations. Yep. Mm-hmm. And especially when you've had to travel to Tyner, to Watertown, to Meigs County. I mean, those aren't any cupcakes. And right. so, you play enough of these close games and sooner or later – uh, you're going to fall on the wrong side of it. Yeah. That's just the odds of it. Oh, definitely. Yep. Another one that went a long way and didn't come back with a win was Nolansville. They go to Elizabethton and fall 34-12. to This game was close for a long time in the second half, 14-12 to at one point, and then Elizabethton rolls off the final 20 points of the game. They also lost Tim Kutras to an ACL injury during the contest. Mm. We'll talk more about him in just a moment. Uh, just a, a tough end to a great season for the Knights. Yeah, I think this kind of goes into what we were a little bit concerned with last week was just the travel, especially mm-hmm. late in these games. I think early on it might not be too big of a deal, but especially once you've been on that bus all day in that second half, I feel like that's where it kind of kicks in and it, it proved that's where it did, especially without having Kutras. Well, I'll, I'll actually go you one better. They started out slow, got behind 14 to nothing. So 
you know, there could have been some bus lag definitely, you know, had some effect because they fought back, uh, got it close, closed it to 14 to 12, really had a chance to tie it. And that would have been a, a big boost at halftime. But I think you're right. Travel does have some, I know some people say that shouldn't be an excuse. I do think it does have something to do with, it, especially with the slow start, maybe. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, this Elizabethan team was just, they're a monster. Yeah. Man, I don't think this takes anything away from what Nolansville's done all year. Not, oh, at, no, all. No, Not no. at all. Not at all. No. No, Nolansville's had a great season. It just comes up one game short of state. And I would say congrats to uh, Chris for his team lasting the longest. I mean, yes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a good run for Paul, Derek, and the kids. And they should enjoy that and be very proud of that. What they're building over there is something that's going to be really good for a while. I mean, for a team that's only, what, in their fourth year? And third varsity. And third varsity. Wow. I mean, you're already making these these strides into semifinals. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're setting a you – know, what does that say about these seniors? Yeah. You know, and, and what they've done. If nothing else, these seniors have set a legacy of excellence yeah. for all the kids behind them. Yep, for sure. One more that went east and came back empty-handed. Oakland literally empty-handed, no points, and wow. a 12 nothing loss to Maryville. I wasn't so surprised with the outcome. I thought Maryville had a really good chance of winning. I was real surprised about the zero on the scoreboard. The uh, man, I and we talked about it. That's just the, the two juggernauts in the state, and they unfortunately had to meet in the semifinals. Yeah, it was it was a state championship of the semifinals. Now I would have thought that we would see twelve points maybe in the first three or four minutes, much less the whole forty-eight. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, you get uh, you know Maryville gets finally gets on the board. Somebody breaks the ice with a field goal, and then you know once again the details. You know, special teams, you you make a mistake, you get pinned deep, you allow your quarterback to get sacked in the end zone, all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball five to nothing, and it's that way until late in the game. Yeah. When you, you have a chance, and that, and you know, you have to, I think at that point, they did go for it instead of kicking the field goal mm-hmm. and making it a 5-3 game, but I think at that point, you're not certain if you're going to see the end zone right. again. So you have to do that and, and just come up empty-handed. And some of the statistics for that for that Oakland squad is just eye-opening from this game. Just 118 yards on offense, shut out for the first time since 2012, and snapped a 26-game win streak. I mean, it was – and it's against the Maryville team, which we, we, we talked about. It's like, hey, it's this is 1A and 1B all year long. And maybe it just so happens that the home team takes advantage just because of – uh, they get to play that one at home, so yep. yeah, man. I mean, you you just don't know if if these two just could have somehow met in the ch- state championship. That's what's so yeah. unfortunate yeah, about and, it. And we talked about that, and Chris, I think you uh, we brought that up last week. I you know I was saying these it would be great to see these on playing on a neutral field, and you said that going into Maryville was going to be tough. Yeah, and and it, it showed. I mean, Maryville defense has three shutouts. They've only allowed 10 points in the playoffs, and that was Dobbins-Bennett. Mm-hmm. You know, they shut down an Oakland team that hadn't scored less than 24 points all year in a game. But, I mean, that's just – Maryville's just good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're looking at the two and, – and really, they got a touchdown late. I mean, really, this right. was a 5 nothing game. Yep. So, basically, you just had two heavyweights going at it, and whoever was standing at the end wins. Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately – I don't want to say you could see this coming for Oakland because, you know, it's hard to say that they've done anything wrong all year. Yeah. It just seemed like the last couple of weeks there was something something fishy about it. 
the yeah. MJ game, the way mm-hmm. that the Bears kind of hung around. And I don't know. It's not like you could say, oh, yeah, they were definitely going to lose. It just something wasn't right. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know that in the future. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, we're going to talk about a team that did something different with their with what they had. Now, you can't blame Region, region 6 had a lot – or their, their region had a lot of uh, teams that were down a little bit. Yeah. You know, that, that they took it uh, out on. Uh, whereas maybe next year they – maybe some people start, need to start taking some plays out of the CPA playbook. Hmm, who knows? Yeah. I mean, just just to make sure your starters stay on the field for four quarters sometime during the season. Yeah. Well, I mean, the teams that went east were 0-3. The teams that stayed home were 4-0. We'll start with the one that Maryville's going to play in the 6A title game, Ravenwood, a 42-21 winner over Houston, and a really strong game for Brian Garcia, too. Yeah, this team goes as Brian Garcia goes right now. Um, you know, missing Tony Rice in the backfield. Uh, he gets back there. He make he extends plays. He makes plays. Uh, he, he just, you know, I think this is a, just a masterful job of coaching, though, by Matt Daniels and his staff, uh, getting this team, you know, the, getting this team where they are right now. And, and the way that they scheduled, I think they have just set themselves up for a, a, a run like this. By the way, has anybody seen Matt Daniels' hair? Yes, I have. I believe no. he's lost a bet somewhere. Yes, he kind of is uh, walking around like Foghorn Leghorn right now. Right, he's got he's got the red kind of the faux hawk type going on. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either a cross between that or the bad guy who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but you see this team, and I think all year long we've talked about their defense. Look what their defense has done since he's returned. Yeah. They have turned it on and yep. against some really high-powered offenses. Kane Ridge held them to zero points. Brentwood to six. I mean, Houston 21. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty good in their own right, just playing who you are there. And we talked about it. We kind of looked back down the schedule and looked at that Pulaski Academy game, and it just kind of mm-hmm. felt a little bit like this heading into this one, and it kind of turned out that way. Yeah, Houston, Houston back Lincoln Perry, they, they shut him down to the extent that you can shut him down. 140 yards and a touchdown well below a season averages. Right. Well, and and this is an interesting little thing. Last time Ravenwood won a championship, it was 2015. They finished the season 14 and 1. They're 13 and 1 now. Hmm. Who'd they beat? They beat Maryville. Do the math. I think that's what I think that's what Matt Daniels was saying. Look at Scott bringing out all. Oh the, no 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 no! <laughs> Scott's in there crunching the numbers. <laughs> ah. no, 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 no no no! I can't take I, ta- I can't take credit for that because uh, I believe Matt Daniels is very aware. Of, you know, you talk about yeah. teams of I don't want to say destiny because destiny means you can't control anything, and uh, I promised Mo Pat and I would never say uh, they control their own destiny mm-hmm. ever again. <laughs> um, I think I remember you saying that actually too. Yeah. So. Uh, they they essentially, you know, all the car, all the stars line up for them to, to, you know, do whatever they do to believe in whatever they believe. And I'm but interested the, to see this championship game. It's going to be all on the table Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I think that this is an excellent game. This will be an excellent finish. This is the this is the cherry on top of the weekend. This is the crescendo for for the orchestra that has been this season. And I'll oh, say this. Look at you. <laughs> oh, I'll say this too. Even before the game, big news on Thanksgiving with Reggie Grimes. Yeah. Yeah. Committed oh, to Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Big decision for him out of the way, and uh, weight lifted off his shoulders. Yep. So, no, congratulations I th- I, to him on the commitment. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, I mean, 
I, I don't think it was a surprise. I think that uh, Oklahoma was a latecomer in it, but uh, but they, you know, they're peaking the right time, and they're getting a really good player. Oh yeah. Some it's there for the first time. You know, the Spartans handled Dyer County twenty-seven to twenty. Keaton Wade a big nine on the ground. I mean, go figure. It's just it's been the Wade brothers this entire yeah. playoffs. It's, I mean, it's you can't really point to anything else. It's just it's been the Wade brothers. And after week two of the playoffs, it just kind of felt like, all right, these guys are this is supposed to happen for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, do they just keep producing? And every week you go, well, maybe this is the week, and you just you know what. And I, I've kind of gone with this mentality when we're picking games. Look, I'm I'm tired of look, looking at all these numbers, comparing stuff. It's just meant to be for them. It, it just feels like it. Yeah, because yeah. and you bring up next one because here's your numbers. They lost time of possession by 11 minutes. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't okay. make sense they sometimes. Lost number of plays. They uh, Dyer County had 72 plays. Summit had 43. First downs, 21 to 11. I mean, they had 11 percent. They were one of 11 on third downs. <laughs> You know, their total offense, they were they only had 260 yards. Dyer County had 337. But, but they completed two passes. They only they threw nine, completed two, both touchdowns. Wow. You know, they George. didn't turn the ball over. They got five sacks, intercepts, front row recovery. I mean, they were efficient. When they had the ball, they made it count. I want to mention George Odomegwood with both touchdown catches for Summit there, too. So. The Spartans, maybe they are a team of destiny. We'll see on Friday night at 7 o'clock. They'll play Knoxville Central for that championship. We've already talked about Springfield in 4A. They'll face Elizabethton Friday at 3, or Saturday at 3, excuse me, in the 4A championship game. Pearl Cone, a 21-20 winner over Covington in a game that played at Glencliff. Didn't matter. Pearl Cone's going to state. Yeah, and it just it's like we talked last week is that they know they have more riding on their backs than just Pearl Cone. Yeah. They've got that entire county, Davidson County, all those metro schools. It's almost like, uh, all right, we're jumping on that bandwagon and going. Because right. this, is, this is a chance to end a long streak that it's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. Hillsboro 2008 was the last metro school to win a championship. Pearl Cone's been waiting since 97. Yeah, they took advantage of everything they were given. I mean, Covington outgained them. It was another get- team that – you know, outgained them 334 yards to 175. But boy, their defense, you know, that whole set, all the points were scored in the first half. Yep. You know, and then there was that flurry at the end of the half where Covenant scored, tied the game at 14 with a minute 31 left. They kick off, and Barry and Brown runs back the kick. Yep. And now there's like a few, and then Covenant answers with six seconds left but misses the extra point. Mm. I mean, how critical spe- that was. Special yep. teams matter, right? Yep. We've been saying it all year. Every now, but, and then, every now and then I see an extra point miss, and I say that could be big, and yeah, it was. It, 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 just seems to, it just seems to matter every single time. Yeah. But, uh, again, um, you know, they're, they're playing excellent defense, and, and that really wasn't their story. I mean, they were, you know, they were an offensive team. They had, you know, they had the quarterback. They have the two-headed backfield. But this defense is something else. Yeah. And it seems like another one of those scenarios. I know we, we touched on it a lot this year with CPA because they ended up losing those games. I think for Pearl Cone, though, they went and won those games that they scheduled. Beat Cane Ridge, beat NBA. Uh, I mean, they went out and scheduled some of these games, and they went and knocked these guys down. I, that to me is huge too, because they 
they challenged themselves, and I don't know if we really paid that much attention to it because they actually won those games. Uh, just a, a good run for Pearl Comb. They get Alcoa in the 3A game in a game I'm very much looking forward to. Yes. At, oh, yeah. Friday at 3 o'clock. If, if you're around a TV, make sure you tune in for that one. That's going to be a fun one. Before we get to the Players of the Week, Mr. Football Awards were announced on Monday. And three mid-state winners, uh, Kamari McGowan, Middle Tennessee Christian, won Division II single A. Tim I don't Kuchers. see it. I, I'm sure there are other deserving, but my gosh. He had to be well, – And he had a huge last month of the season Absolutely. just to, to yeah. really kick that one into motion. Yeah. You know, we mentioned Tim Kucherus. He's the 4A winner. And that's – I'll tell you what. I know, I know he'd rather be playing this weekend, but, you know, it's – you know, that's a, that's a nice uh, – that's a nice memento at the end of a season, especially with what he's got facing him with what's going to be probably a long rehab on that knee. Well, and he did a little bit of everything. It's it's one of those where it's not just – he did offense, just de- – he did everything. I mean, returns and not picks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like, oh, he killed yeah. it in this one category. Yeah. No, he did every single category. Yeah. Swiss Army Tim. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then 3A, James Magic Moore from Stratford gets the gets the nod there. And that's the thing. You know, he's one of those guys that I am glad I was there to watch play. Yep. I mean, this kid plays – He's, it's nothing but joy. Uh, he just wants the ball. He's 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 definitely a feed me guy, and he's willing to put do whatever is asked of him. Uh, I you know I, I really enjoyed watching him play against East Nashville. So congratulations to those three young men for earning the top honors in in the state this year of their respective classes. You know, well deserved honors for all three. Scott, let's uh, let's pick a winner for Player of the Week one more time. Okay, once once more into the breach. You've got them. You've got them all. So just run them off. Okay, I'm gonna start with. Uh, we'll start with the Ravenwood game. Uh, let's go with Jake Brenningstool, uh, tight end Ravenwood, six catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown, and their 42 to 21 win over Houston. And the guy who's throwing it to him, Brian Garcia, quarterback Ravenwood, 15 of 23 for 183 and three touchdowns. Keaton Wade for Summit. 15 carries, 173 yards, two touchdowns, and one and a half sacks in Summit's 27-20 victory over Dyer County. Cameron Rankins, Trousdale County, 22 for 122 and two touchdowns in their loss to Meigs County. And Luis Diaz, I'm sorry, Luis Diaz, Gijon, two for two on the PATs and the game-winning field goal. I've got one more. And uh, Chris, uh, let's see. Cavante, I'm sorry, Cavantes Hudson, 18 for 146 and a touchdown. Yep. And same game, Gabe Kelly, 11 tackles, four breakups, and a fumble recovery. Okay. Make your decision. It's a, it's a tough choice for me between between Wade and Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna lean with uh, with Wade. I I was going against Wade and Garcia. But I think I'm going to go Wade as well. Well, I was going to go Garcia, but uh, the democracy is Keaton Wade. All right. Summit's Keaton Wade, our player of the week for the semifinals in Division One. Congratulations to that young man. And we will talk about Summit and the rest of the teams in the championship games coming up after this. We're taking a break. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Back in a moment. Hi, I'm Kevante White from Springfield High School, and you're listening to the 615 Press Podcast. 
Back here in the 615 Preps Podcast, we want to go ahead and get into a little bit of a discussion on the championship games themselves. We'll start with the games on Thursday. Division II Single A, the 11 a.m. game, Davidson Academy against University School of Jackson. And Davidson Academy trying to repeat as champions in D2 Single A. Going to face a USJ team that, uh, that might be able to put up a bit of a challenge. What a nice rematch, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. From week one all yeah. the way back. And, you know, it was a rocky start for Davidson Academy first two, couple weeks, and then ever since then they have been rolling. And to do what they did two weeks ago in Lebanon against Friendship Christian, that one really caught my eye, a way that they just kind of just stalled the commanders. It's one of those scenarios of, hey, you, you face that team for the second time, hard to beat a team two times in a row. should be a really good matchup. Yeah, th- this is a really uh, a really – Tough game, as you said, Chris. This is going to be a challenge uh, for Davidson Academy. You know, the Bruins only give up 14 points per game. They average about 34. Uh, you know, they avenged one of their losses by uh, by dominating Nashville Christian last week. Uh, they've got a quarterback, Cody, uh, Cody Smith. Uh, he's a 1,400-yard passer. He's got 16 touchdowns, but he does have uh, – he has thrown six picks on the season. So – I'm, that's not that many, but given you know what he's throwing, I, he does he does turn the ball over from time to time. When they rush, it's usually Caleb Willis. He's got uh, over 800 yards, or Tyler Wallace, who actually had 131 yards against Nashville Christian. So, um, you know they've got a potent offense. Defensively, they average about uh, 1.8 sacks per game. Here's the stat that gets me. You know, I got on on some of their quarterback throwing picks. They average 1.7 picks per game. Mm. This is a ball hawking defense, but Davidson can't even throw that much. Mm. No, that defensively USJ has a, a, a lot of heat seekers over there. This this one stood out to me just a little bit. They've got four tacklers with more than 90 tackles this season, including Carter Craig, who has 156 total stops for the season. They've got Tyler Wallace with 103. Steele Haynes with 90, Winston Verdung with 90. They got four kids over 90 tackles. You don't, you hardly see that on defense anywhere. That's right. getting it done. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be an, uh, a tough game. Uh, Griffin Swinney's going to have to, I mean, that line's going to have to open up holes for him. Uh, he's a tough runner and he can break tackles and he's going to have to. He's going to have to find a way to get the second level against this team and, and Rawls will have to be efficient passing, but I don't think that he can. they can go pass happy against this defense. Yeah, yeah they've, they've got to defensively kind of find a way to slow down Wesley Carlock. 72 catches at 1,030 yards, 11 touchdowns for USJ this year. He's the main target for actually two quarterbacks. You mentioned Cody Smith. They also throw in Andrew Smith every now and then. Smith has had a couple of pass attempts in the last few games. He actually was the starter for USJ early in the season, and they've kind of went back and forth. So you may see both of them on Thursday, but you will see Carlock getting a lot of balls thrown his way. Uh, this this game has the potential to be a this, – this game could be a 6-3 game. This game could be a 60-56 game. You just don't know – I don't see it with these defenses. Yeah. yeah. But uh, – And then one other thing I'll bring about this matchup, all throughout the playoffs we've talked travel. Let's talk time at this one. It's 11 a.m., yeah, that's you know you've been playing at seven o'clock all year long, and you got you got to play an eleven a.m. Yeah. game. Yeah, it, it is. But when you've had 
we've had 15 days to prepare for that. I don't know necessarily that that kind of time you, you, you can acclimate in practice a little bit more when you're playing early. I mean, I, I could see it, but still, I, you think you've played 13 games for these guys and every single game, you know, it's, it's dark when you're playing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sun's barely coming up when you're warming up. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a little different. Might take some time. We talked about travel. Might take some time to yeah. get acclimated in the game. Well, it could be something in here. It could well, be a slow you. start for some of these teams, but then again, it'll just yeah. take them a little bit to get going. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, being that this is Davidson Academy, and being as that they've been here. Yeah. Do you, does that give them any advantage? I don't know. I think a little bit early, maybe, as they've been able to have that kind of early game, but that that kind of gets negated as the game goes on. Once you get in and you get in the rhythm, you kind of lose that edge when you're second, third quarter, and you're, and you're into your game plan. So it's it's curious to see. It's a good thought for sure, but I don't know that that any advantage would extend beyond the first quarter. Right. I th- I I mean I th- I think that it's going to be a. a I think it's going to be a close game at least. It's going to come down basically to who makes mistakes and who capitalizes. The second game on Thursday at 3 o'clock, CPA against Evangelical Christian, the same team that handed them their first loss this season. Yeah, you know, but this is a different CPA team than it was the first game of the season. I, I looked at that and said this is a chance for them to avenge the opening season. That team is gone. They killed that team. That team is, you know, <laughs> on the sideline somewhere. Um, you know, but all, you know, if a evangelical Christian school does is win. All they do is win. I, I think their only loss was to the Region 6 uh, semifinals Houston that uh, Ravenwood dispatched last week. Um, you know, they've got two – they've got a two-pronged quarterback uh, – system too with Jacob Hatcher he's got a strong arm he's got a slow a low release point it's really kind of a funky hitch kind of pass but boy he can sling it uh, you know you have to get to him to do anything with that but uh, they also have uh, Jalen Greenwood who's a shifty runner and with a burst and he's got an ability to break the long one he had three uh, touchdowns against Lausanne he's the uh, he's the running back but they did give up 253 rushing yards Lausanne. You know what, and you talked about last time, the last game we just talked about, the errors. That's what killed CPA the first time these two teams met. They turned it over three times. They fumbled it three times. They only lost one of them. They had 77 pass yards. But you talked about the difference between the, the CPA team then and the CPA team now. I mean, that was a team that was just on the field for the first time after losing 20-plus seniors, that huge senior class that the Lions graduated this is a much different team, and I would expect a much, much, much closer game between these two. And look at another kid named Patterson leading the defense for CPA. Langston Patterson, 106 total tackles, 72 solo for the season. By far the leading tackler for the Lions on, de- on defense. And and you see a little bit of shift in their, in their offense. You look at the last five games, CPA has averaged 247, almost 248 yards rushing per game in the last five. So I would expect a healthy dose of Reed uh, with a little law to make it interesting and some a little bit of Andrew Whitley for some spice. But don't be surprised if Maverick Rodriguez doesn't factor into this somehow. 
four interceptions so far this year. He, he's been the leader in the secondary and uh, and def on special teams as well. He'll, he'll find a way to impact the game if he can. So, yeah, he, he's definitely a player to watch for CPA on Thursday. Let's get into the 7 o'clock game, the triple-A game, NBA and Macaulay. You know, for the last few years, it's been Brentwood Academy. It's been NBA. It's been Answorth representing their NBA is back as the mid-state representative in this game. But Macaulay, we haven't been able to talk about them in a championship game very often. What time is this game? It's 7 o'clock Thursday. This thing may not end until 7 o'clock Friday if these defenses do what they're capable of doing. (laughs) I was wondering where you were going to go with that, Scott. I was was wondering. You know what? And if if both these teams play like they do, though, you see a lot of that clock moving, time of possession. And what about NBA putting up 20 points last time out? It's a – it's it's been this way the last month and a half, two months now. Just defense, defense, defense. They have leaned on that defense. Three. This is what they've given up in the playoffs: three points, seven points. That's it. I mean, they, going back, you last time they gave up twenty plus points was September thirteenth against uh, Briarcrest Christian. Mm. It's it's gonna be a look. We got to score fourteen points. We got to keep Macaulay down. That's gonna be tough to do. But NBA hadn't told me otherwise that they can't do it. That's all they've done the last two mm-hmm. months. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, you know, they, they are the, not the little engine that could. They're the little engine that did. Yeah. Uh, they There are four uh, common – no, five common opponents. Uh, no, and my math was wrong. So, anyway, uh, I believe that they're both four and one. In those games, the only difference was is that uh, McCauley uh, lost to Innsworth uh, during the regular season and NBA lost to Baylor early in the season. Again, we're talking – well, the Innsworth was later in the season. Uh, but, really, you can throw all that out. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, McCauley's a run-first team. They got uh, B.J. Harris, who's – he's getting looks from several FBS teams. Uh, quarterback's D'Angelo Hardy. He's a run-pass threat at any time. Um Marcel Reed is going to have to have a a, a really good game. I, that's what, it, to me, it boils down to. Does the freshman quarterback get spooked at all at this big stage? Right. He hasn't to this point, and we've kind of questioned it. He hasn't, but when you're un, under those lights on a on a college football field and the, the big TV cameras are out there, can you get it done? And it, for him, it's not even can you get it done, can you help the team get it done? Because, like we said, it's it's that defense. That defense has somehow willed their way to this point. And can they continue to do it one more time against a high-powered blue tornado offense? Well, they're going to have to establish a run at the point of attack with Patrick Wilk and company to get out to a lead. But let me tell you, the person who's most likely to be the most factor, Andrew Bolgarino, the kicker for NBA. There we go. Well, we also talk about kickers. McCauley's kicker had better keep it away from Jack McKinnon because he's averaging 27 yards per kickoff return this year and has a 90-yarder this season. So he better find the end zone with kickoffs or else he could be fine going the other way. And that, and that very well could be the difference in, in a game with teams like this. Yep. You know, if the, if, they, if the offenses get stifled, then it's going to come down to special teams, kickers, and defense. Mm. We'll talk about some more of those as we get to the Division One championship games next. There's four of those to go over, and we'll do that in a minute. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're back in a bit. Do you know of a business who's looking a way into sponsorship opportunities for high school sports? We can help. Email us 
at midstateprepsplus at gmail.com for more details on how you or somebody you know that has a business can get involved in the 2020 season. We're looking for sponsors for our website, midstateprepsplus.com, the 615 Preps Podcast, and various social media channels as well. So email us at midstateprepsplus at gmail.com to get details on how you can help us out for the 2020 football season. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast, we're talking championship games in Cookville this week. On to Class 3A. This is a Friday at 3 p.m. kickoff, Alcoa and Procone. And I'm really excited for this one. I've been looking forward, hoping this would happen pretty much all year. It's like I'm anxiously excited for it. Like, you know, <laughs> Pearl Cone's done such a great job all year long, and you get to this point and go, oh, man, they got Alcoa. Yeah. Well, it's, it's dangerous. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. it, you feel like they can do it, but everything tells you it's all it's all Alcoa in this one. Well, to be, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yep. And right now, Alcoa is the standard by which other teams are measured. There hasn't been a championship game that didn't have Alcoa in it since 2012. If that tells you anything, oh boy, they get to cook full. Oh yeah, and uh, this team is all about defense. They've got nine shutouts on the season. Uh, you were talking history. This is their what you said the seventh straight. It's now number seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got the winningest coach uh, in Tennessee leading them. Um, he's got what four and thirty-eight wins. This team, it can score in all facets of the game. For the seven. Four of the seven touchdowns in their in the first half of the game against Loudon were by uh, defense or special teams. They had two pick sixes, a blocked punt recovery, and a punt return. Before I mean, before they even you know the offense really sees the ball, they're dangerous with the ball. Um, you know, the, you know they're trying to claim their what fifth straight. Yeah, Is that right, fifth straight. Football champion in three A, the fifth straight title. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is a, a very very dangerous team. I mean, the fact that they've had what at least three running clock games in the playoffs. I'm not sure about their Austin East game it was fifty six twenty eight. Yep. I mean, that says something. And the, the opponents that they scheduled out of region uh, went two Blackman opening to mm-hmm. open the year twenty three fourteen. They're only a blemish on the records. Maryville seventeen uh, three. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. This it's a it's an Alcoa team where if if Pearl Cone's gonna have a chance in this game they've got to do everything perfect like one as you brought up the scoring not on offense you make one error in this it could snowball very quickly yeah and and they've got a quarterback Sam Valton uh, he's a run pass threat he's gonna force those linebackers Pearl Cone those speedy linebackers he's gonna force them to stay home. They're going to have to stay home. He, he's going to – or he will he will burn them. Uh, Owens is going to have a tough time against this defensive backfield. I don't know how much he's going to be throwing. This is going to be a Breedlove and Dayton game. Uh, and then they're going – I think they're going to have to have – like they did last week. I think they're going to have to have some scoring from some other areas as well. Uh, they have got to force Alcoa to be something that they're not. A team that turns the ball over. And makes mistakes. And this is one of those games where I think time of possession, especially against a defense like that, if you can find a way to just pick up first downs, the only way I see Pearl come winning is they have to somehow win time of possession. And they, they have a great defense on their own. But I think they've got, they've got to find a way to control the offense and control the tempo of this game. 
and 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 they can do that. I looked watching the film on on Alcoa. They they do have a soft spot their defense. It's right up the middle. So Breedlove, Dayton, being able to gash them. If that line can open up some space for their running backs, where they can control the clock, Pearl Cone can win this game. Their defense is good enough. We'll also see Friday afternoon. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Right now, the forecast is a little iffy as far as whether we get some rain in Cookville on Friday. And if that happens, I think you throw all that out the window. But like I said, it's still a little bit far out as far as when we record this and when the game actually is. So we'll see what the weather holds for those games on Friday. Uh, But we're going to move on. Knoxville Central and Summit in the 5A game Friday at 7 p.m. The Bobcats, another – what is it about defense? We've, We've talked about this. Defense is, is showing up in the playoffs. The teams that are there now are the really good defensive teams. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobcats only allow 12.6 points per game in 13 games. You know, they'll give up yards. They're another bend but don't break, but they don't give up a lot of points. But they're, they average 2.6 sacks per game and nearly a pick per game. So another opportunistic defense that makes plays. Yep. And this this summit defense, they've shown up. And Keaton Wade, a guy we talked about earlier throughout the playoffs, his defensive numbers they they just they stand out. He's had six sacks in their previous four games in the playoffs. He's had six and a half tackles for loss. He's being a he, he's doing everything for the Spartans right now defensively and then offense. He just surpassed a thousand yards on the ground with 173 last week. Uh, he has been around 100 yards three times in this playoffs. Another, it's. I think it's another case scenario of these Spartans, and it just seems like on offense lately they they've been clicking. Even though they they had some kind of a little bit of a slow spot against Dyer County, twenty seven twenty, and especially Shelbyville. Um, you know what? I think it's all the Wades here, and they only had to put the ball in the air nine times last week, two completions. It's it's the Wade brothers. You you got to establish a ground game, and that's the way that Spartans have had success in November. This team, this Knoxville Central team, loves to throw the ball. They've got 2,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, mostly from Dakota Favre. Uh, he's a senior. Um, it could be a track meet, but I agree with you. Can the Wades keep the Bobcats off the field? That's going to be the big thing. Now, this thing could be first 20, to be honest with you, yep. just because the way both defenses have played. Summit is 11-0 when they allow 21 or fewer points this year. Knoxville Central – 12 and 0 when they allow 20 or fewer. It might be first to 21 wins. And this is a game where if you're summit at a two score disadvantage in this one, will be it's going to be tough because this is a team that they have to keep it on the ground. Yeah. But they have the capability of throwing it. We we've seen what Destin Wade can do and he had the two touchdowns last week, but it, it is totally beneficial for the squad. If they can, if they have the running game to their use, but yes. I do think that Destin Wade is the key to this game. I think that if Knoxville Central comes out, they're going to key on Keaton Wade, and I think it's going to be Destin having to make plays with his leg and his head to to put them out there. Yeah, he had 136 yards week one of the playoffs against Gallatin. Since then, 88, 88, 58. So I think he might have to be more in that 100 yard range because I think you're right. They're going to. That's got to be the number one option if you're if you're playing against Summit right now. You've seen everything Keaton's done. That's got to be, hey, we got to stop that guy. It might be a game for George Odomegwu to really kind of establish himself as a big threat to. 
Um, it may move from running back to receiver this year because of the way Twins. Now it might be his chance to really come back and be the playmaker that they had before from him. And especially in the secondary. If, if we're going to see the ball in the air as much as we think we are, I think him being in that secondary, he's going to have to make some plays uh, on that summit defense. Look for Wade to th- look for Destin Wade to throw his way on screen passes. Yeah, get him out in space. Yeah, yeah. Elizabethton and Springfield in four A. This is a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Elizabethton has been really steamrolling through that eastern half of that bracket. When you escape a bracket that has Greenville and Anderson County in it, two juggernauts in East Tennessee in 4A. You've done something. Elizabethan's been pretty special this year. Uh, you know, Elizabethan's on a roll. I mean, they've been ra- racking up the rushing yards with relative ease. Um, you know, Bryson Rollins, I think he was like six for eight for 97 yards and three touchdowns. He's really, really efficient. You know, Springfield's played with fire so much this the last couple of games, but – all they do is make plays when it matters. They're going to have to do that against Elizabethton because Elizabethton is about as complete a team as you'll find. Yeah, and and they haven't really – you talk about playing with fire and what Springfield was in now two overtimes in the yeah. playoffs. We talked about it earlier. So sooner or later you, you hang too close to these teams and it comes back to bite you. This can't be a game like that for Springfield against Elizabethton. That's one of those op- one of those opportunities where hey you, you do it too many times gonna come back and grab you. The thing for Elizabethan is, and I think we've talked about it too with so many other times in the playoffs, they're gonna travel a little bit. Yeah. And um, how does that affect them? Because they've been at home since November first. Well, Springfield has been too. Yeah. I mean, both both <laughs> these teams have been at home the the entirety of the, of the playoffs. So, I mean, Elizabethan's got a little bit farther to travel, but then again, you've got you're gonna have hotel rooms and whatever. I, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if the travel is going to be as big a deal as it is if you're going to a neutral site as opposed to going to another team's stadium. That's a, that's a difference that, that 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 maybe a distinction rather than a difference. I don't know. Right. But yeah, you yeah, it's it's one of those games where Springfield has a chance to win, of course, but they're going to have to get out in front, and they're going to have to stay there. And I, I don't think that if they get in a track meet with Elizabethan, I I don't know that they can keep up. Yep. And there hasn't been many teams that could this year against Elizabethan. You look right. down, no. up and down their schedule, there's not many close games to point at. And they've been – they get ahead, they pull ahead. Right. Yeah. But I will say this, Dustin Wilson gets a lot out of those kids. He gets about as much as any coach in the state. And, and you'll expect no different from him this week. Oh, absolutely. So – uh, who knows? We'll see what Springfield can do. Maybe the the Yellow Jackets are a team of destiny. We'll see. That's a Saturday kickoff at 3 o'clock in the Class 4A championship game. The nightcap on Saturday, Ravenwood and Maryville. Oh, boy. Now, this is a game I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, although I was ho- hoping at one point it was going to be Oakland-Ravenwood, but because uh, that was a game I would love. You know, I, w- I would pay money to go see, you know, yeah. too. Um, wow. Uh, the right, Maryville is such a good defensive team, but Ravenwood is very talented. This is this is one of those games that you really, I mean, could go either way. It's really going to depend on big plays. I think uh, really that 
they're going to run – Maryville's going to run away from – they're going to double-team Grimes. So, um, uh, Brian Rice, the other defensive end on the on the opposite side, he's going to have to have a big game. They're going to have to force Maryville to pass, I think, and, and, and get them because Ravenwood's got good defensive backs. I think that uh, – yeah, not having not the the Tony Rice question really pops in into my head. Do they have a back that is as shifty that is dependable uh, back there? Grimes is a different type of runner, and he's going to be gassed playing defense. I don't know if you really want him in the backfield too much. Garcia is going to have to extend plays. Uh, Johnson's going to have to have a big game at wide receiver. Mason is going to. I mean, they've got the weapons to. Battle Maryville. The question is, can they stop him? This is a, and we've talked about this guy all year long in our in our Player of the Weeks, and I'm not sure he's ever won one. It's Garcia, mm-hmm. and he's he's gonna have to be able because look, this is a defense that you brought up the shutouts. They've had nine this year, I believe. Yeah, it's the numbers that they have defensively. It's 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 crazy. Garcia's going to have to make some plays. It's just mm-hmm. whether it's in the pocket, out of the pocket, rolling down the field, probably even use his legs some. Initially, looking at this, you go, man, after Maryville shuts out Oakland 12-0, to you'd be crazy not to go with them. But just knowing that and the Pulaski Academy game keeps popping in my head that Ravenwood can trail, but, boy, they can put up points quick. Yeah, if Tony Rice can't go, it's going to come down to Connor Pace and Jordan Smith in the backfield for right. for the Raptors, and and they were productive against Houston, but we'll see against Maryville's defense if they can be as productive. My my concern is, you know, what you know, what does the rest of the defense do if they double team Grimes? It wouldn't surprise me that we don't see a wrinkle on defense somehow. Um, that moves either moves Grimes around or even may perhaps moves him into the linebacker spot a little bit to get to make it difficult for them to locate him so he can disrupt their their passing game and and make plays. So it really wouldn't surprise me. Just, I'm I'm sure Coach Daniels has a plan, and there's enough good coaches on that staff that they're going to develop something for Maryville. It's just can they execute it. Well, for the last time this season, it's time for who you got. Last week wasn't great for me, and it gets Scott to second place. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> I, I, I whiffed on a few of them, went three and four. Uh, Twitter voters have a 96-51 and 51 record entering the championship game. Scott, you're at 95-52 and 52 a game back. Uh oh. I'm at 94 and 53, and Christian, you're at 86 and 61 for the season. We didn't have to say that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at that point. I'm at that point in the Indiana Jones movie when he almost has it, and then the floor goes out from under him. That's right where I'm at. Three way race at this point with nine games to go. So we're going to pick all nine championship games, starting with the games on Thursday Davidson Academy and USJ. Christian leads off. I think Davidson Academy responds after what happened earlier this year. I just think ever since then they've been on the right trajectory, and I think the Bears uh, win, a, win another state championship. I think experience actually matters in this, uh, uh, and I think it's going to be a tight game. I really do. It's really difficult to, to pull these teams apart, but I think uh, I'm going to go with the team that, uh, that's been there. I'm going Davidson Academy. 
I gotta agree. I mean, uh, the way that they've been playing all year, they've they've kind of built for this. And I think Davidson Academy's title reign goes into next season. I think the Bears win this one as well. The Double A game, CPA and ECS. Ooh, this was a tough one. Uh, looking at, they're all tough. One. What am I going to say? Well, yeah, they're all they're all tough. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, I'm I'm done. I'm I haven't picked against Ingle Martin in a while. I'm not going to start now. I think that uh, this may be one of the most well coached teams I've ever I've ever watched. Um, I'm going CPA. Reminder, CPA doesn't lose region games. This right. isn't a region game, but I just want to get that out there. <laughs> they just don't lose region games. I was wondering where yeah. you're going with it. I'm, I'm still picking CPA, though. I, just from that 0-4 start to now, they have just gotten so much better. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good finish to the story where they started off poorly against ECS at the season opener, and, and they've been building toward this. This is not the same CPA team that started out 0-4 and then 1-6 or 1-5, I mean. Right. Uh, yeah, the Lions, I think, are, are the pick here for me too, to, to repeat as well in Division II AA. McCauley and NBA and AAA. Um, defense for me, for NBA, uh, if they score 20 points again, they're winning this game. I don't know if that they're going to be able to get there, though. I think McCauley breaks the defense a little bit and, and gets into the 20s, and they and they win this game over NBA, I think. And you know what? I've thought that all along. But I kept going against them thinking, oh, wow, you're only scoring 14 points. That's not going to get you very far. Well, when they only give up three or six a game, it, it's gotten big red to where they are at. I've got to go with what I've seen with NBA, and I'm going to trust that defense. Yeah, I'm, and, I, and I agree. I think that defense is going to be tough, but – I think this is where the run stops. I'm going McCauley. I just think that they're just a little too powerful offensively. Now we get to the Friday games and in the 1A final, Greenback and Lake County. Uh, it's, it doesn't have any of our teams in it, but it's one that we we're going to go ahead and pick anyway. Who are you liking this one? Greenback 12-2, and two, Lake County. They are a perfect 14-0. and 0, And I like the perfect 14-0 and 0 Lake County Falcons. They have just put up a lot of points this year. Defense has been a little iffy from time to time, but I mean, when you're beating teams 72 to 50, you can score some points. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to side with the Falcons. I'm going Greenback in this game. I think that uh, I think that they have a defense that can hold uh, Lake County down. Uh, I, I think that Greenback uh, takes this one. You know, I, I wanted to side with Greenback. Just anybody that beats South Pittsburgh, in my mind, if one A has to be a, a favorite in the game, but the way Lake County's been playing, I think that's probably their time. So give me Lake County in the one A game. Alcoa, Pearl Cone, the 3A game. Ooh. Yeah, this one's tough. Uh, I mean, I really – Coach Brunetti, you know, he's got these guys believing. He really does. Uh, Pearl Cone has played great defense all year. And, you know, I've doubted that defense from time to time. I'm going to doubt him again. Hopefully it gets him a win. Uh, I'm going Alcoa. Yeah, I agree. The uh, it, As much as I want to go Pearl Cone and the whole Metro in the 10-plus in the year streak – you just can't really ignore what Alcoa's done in the past and what Coach Rankin's done. I've got to, I got to side with Alcoa. I like this to be a really close ball game, but I think Alcoa gets it done and finishes the job. It'll be a tough one for Procone to swallow, but uh, who knows? Maybe they flip the script and end uh, Alcoa's reign. But I, I'm right. picking Alcoa here. Five A Knoxville Central gets Summit. Spartans, I've said it since week two. They they've been my kind of just team of destiny, every ever since they the whole road 
fiasco at Gallatin and win at Page. Ever since they won at Page in the second round, I've stuck with them. I'm going to do it here again. Just the Wade brothers have carried this team, and they're probably going to have to have some other other some other guys contribute, especially George Otomegwu. I think the Spartans, it's meant to be, and I'm going to go with them. Well, I, I I've doubted Summit. I I'll admit I have, and uh, and they and they have proved uh, everybody wrong, all the doubters wrong. Um, I look at this team and I just wonder at at what point does you know some of the you know does somebody control the Wade brothers? And I think this may be the game. I'm gonna take Knoxville Central. Uh, but I do think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. But I'm going Knoxville Central. I've gone three for three in repeats so far. Uh, but I think my run ends there. I'm, I'm going to take Summit to win the first state title. I think that uh, the Way Brothers will do enough damage here. And and, and Odo Magwood makes a big player, too, to really make a difference in this contest. And the way Summit's defense has been playing, they, they've been able to be opportunistic and make stops when they needed them. So I don't expect that to change this week. I'm, I'm taking the Spartans here. Saturday's games, Meigs County, Peabody, and 2A. Meigs, 13-1 right now. Their only blemish is the game at South Pittsburgh. And, Chris, you were just talking about mm-hmm. what a team South Pittsburgh is. They lost 27-16. As for Peabody, they're still perfect 14-0. and And once again, I'm going to go with another perfect season in the uh, – Peabody Golden Tide get to 15-0. and 0. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the run for Mace County ends here. I think Peabody has, has got them here. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a repeat for Peabody as well. Uh, Elizabethton and Springfield in 4A. Uh, you know, once again, you know, we talked about uh, Springfield and, and their nine lives. I think that they've spent them all here. Elizabethton's just a little too tough, I think. Um they Springfield can win this game. They can, but all indications look like Elizabethton is just matches up too well with them in certain areas. I would agree. I just think Springfield is they've taken as many punches as they can right now, and going into overtime and going down the final second, and it's one of those where we, I said it earlier. You can't do that against Elizabethton, and unfortunately, I think they they just can't get over that hump that they've been trying to the last couple of weeks. They've been playing just too close to ball games, and I think Elizabethton uh, takes home the state title. Springfield cannot make mistakes and get behind the chains. They've got to be able to control the clock and control the ball. If they do that, I think they can hang with Elizabethton for as long as they want to. But I think Elizabethton is a little too strong here, and I'm taking Elizabethton to win in 4A. One more, Maryville Raymond won 6A. Oh boy, this is a uh, this is the big one. Uh, Maryville just won another state title last week. It seems like against Oakland, uh, man, you hold that team to zero points, and this is this was to me the hardest one because Ravenwood just knowing the way they can put up points, but the way that Maryville played last week that just shows to me the the style and the the strength of this team. I've got to go with Maryville, even though I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, I, I understand what you're saying, and, and it is tough. Cause it's hard to put it, into words, it, it, as you can is. tell. It is, and I, know, I, and I know I was guilty last week of saying, well, I think the team that wins Oakland and, and uh, Maryville will, will, raise the, uh, will, will raise the gold ball. But I, I think that, you know, when I look at what I compare Maryville to Oakland and what I've seen of Oakland, um, 
Ravenwood, I think, matches up. There's a there's a lot of weapons on the Ravenwood side that uh, I don't think Maryville has seen. Um, I'm going to say that Maryville should win this game. They should on paper. But Brian Garcia to me is an X factor. Andrew Mason's an X factor, and I think that this coaching staff has got this is what they played all year for. This is what they this is what they scheduled hard teams for. And I think that this team believes. I'm going Ravenwood in this game. Man, Scott's preaching to me like I preached to him last week and got him to change his pick. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what, what are you saying here, Christian? No, no, I'm sticking with it. Okay. As much as I want to, i got to stick with he, it. He's got his convictions, and I have mine. I think this Ravenwood team, we've talked about it. They were playing for the postseason. They're playing for now. They've been a different team in this postseason, too. It's a really difficult pick, like you guys have said, just for those very reasons. And, you know, Maryville's given me every indication that they have what it takes to do it. But I think Ravenwood has a bit of an X factor. And Brian Garcia, like Scott says, I, I want to see Tony Rice in this game, if it's yeah. possible. But even if not, I think they can still win it, and I think Ravenwood does pull one out, but we may see one whale of a game. Yeah. I'm taking the Raptors in 6A, and we'll see how this thing shakes out. And and you see my sheet over here that I have my picks written out? They ain't the same. <laughs> so <I'm walking laughs> yeah. here. And, and that's the good thing about listening to you guys talk about uh, the the games. Uh, and, you know, truthfully, I know we, we still have, you know, we're going to still have a recap, but let me tell you, it's been fun. I mean, now yeah. we get down to the last game. It's been fun picking these games. Yeah, it has and it, been. And it's been fun learning, uh, you know, getting different points of view and learning from you guys and meeting these kids. Yeah. Uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, it has been. It's been fun this season. It really, really has. And uh, we're down to it. Nine games left. Nine gold balls get raised over three days. Let's hope the weather's good and, and we're not freezing our tails off in Cookville. Yeah, prefer not <laughs> I, I really don't want to see well, another night like i saw at nba and you saw and out at page and page or bga and uh, i don't we don't want to see what happened last year in the championship games where we have a saturday night delay and then one of the games has to get played on sunday that would be that'd be rough oh yeah, so. i'd be in so much trouble <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seriously uh thank you all for listening good luck to your teams this week we will talk to you next week about who raises the gold balls and who doesn't, and then we'll we'll call it a season. And and what a, what a first season it has been, gentlemen. Yes, it has. Absolutely. All right, we're down to it. We'll see you in Cookville. For Christian Caposi, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. We will talk to you guys from Cookville, and we'll also talk to you next week. See ya. See you in Cookville. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.